Alright everybody, welcome back to another episode of This Week in Finance. This is a weekly podcast slash video series that I host here on YouTube, Anchor, Spotify, wherever you may be listening, where I talk about everything that has piqued my interest going on this past week in finance. So if you're interested in that, definitely stick around. We have some pretty good stories going on right now in the news. Also, if you're new to Financial Friends as a whole, thank you for joining me. This is a community of people that all love business, finance, and investing-related content. I am Brendan. I'm just here to push that content out to all of you guys and to help foster a fabulous community that helps each other out with finance. So without further ado, no more jibber-jabber. Let's go ahead and talk about everything that's went on this week in finance and everything that has piqued my interest this week in finance. So first things first, we have the Dow Jones for a fifth straight day gaining. We have all indices gaining. The market has some form of positivity back in it now. Is this here to stay? Who knows? Um, in my personal opinion, I don't necessarily believe that this is the end of this downtrend we have been seeing. There are still some economic factors and different things that are coming our way. Now, if as a whole we can push those things away within the market or if we've already priced in some of that negativity and now we're kind of rising from the ashes, so to speak, then I do believe we can continue to push forward. But Let's just focus on the positive. Things are moving in a good direction for the market. You can see the five-day almost up 4% there on the Dow Jones, still down over the course of the last month. Um, The S&P gaining about 2% today, about 3% in the last five days, still down in the last month. And I think the same story here for the NASDAQ, gaining about 2.05% the last five days and still down again on that month chart. So we're still in a down market. Um, If you take a look at the last six months, you could see still we're bottoming out. But there are some predictions floating around, mainly from financial education. Jeremy, he seems to believe that at some point, or at least here in the near future, we could see some sort of a, I think it was a summer ripper, he was calling it, kind of where we take off a little bit over the course of the summer. People ready to get back into the markets after this little bit of an extended downtrend. Now, he doesn't see us coming back to all-time highs. Neither do I. I. I still see us falling a little bit, but that's just the way that things go. So let's go ahead and move on to the next story. Starbucks is going to be closing down after 15 years in Russia. Um, I have some notes over here to my right. This is just the right thing to do. Um, It's a very small portion of their business. I think overarchingly, this isn't going to affect them quite that much. You do have other big players in this um, sort of foreign market restaurant space like McDonald's who had a large, larger portion. I think uh, it was 9% of their business or revenue was coming from Russia. Yep, you could see here the two markets accounted for 9%. Um, that was Russia and Ukraine for the fast food giant. It cost them $127 billion to leave just in the first quarter alone. Um Rolling off these stores here, getting out of Russia for Starbucks, I think is good. I'm not too keen on the profitability of the business operations that were going on there, um, but I don't necessarily see this as a big, big issue considering it was less than 1% of the company's revenue. They're going to shake that right off and keep on pushing forward in the costs that they're not accruing there anymore. They can place somewhere here in the United States, a market that is going to be much more receptive to what Starbucks is doing. 
Next up, we have a few, well, this story really isn't about Klarna, um, but you do have Klarna laying off 10% of its workforce. I see this more as the the Federal Reserve not necessarily being able to make such a soft landing like we all hope that they can in the long run do. Um, there are going to be some ups and downs along the way, some of that being a lot of companies coming out and saying, look, we are not hiring as much. You have uh, Klarna did this. Facebook, because of their new experimentations with the metaverse mentioned, they're not hiring as as avidly. You had Microsoft saying in their office teams, um, and there was one other space, win- Windows, the Windows office and teams spaces within their business, they were going to slow hiring. Um, they, Klarna, are laying off people. So there are cuts that are happening around uh, different companies. This is obviously as rates go up, as margins get slimmer for these businesses, they have to cut somewhere. And oftentimes in booming times, right? Times where things are going very, very well, 2020 and 2021 for some of these businesses with the work from home um, environment that was going going on, they now have to get rid of people because they were over hiring during those booming periods. And so that is kind of what we have going on now. So this could just be a normal, natural, healthy trimming. Um, But we'll continue to see as we go forward, if we still get waves and waves and waves of companies um, laying off, then this just might mean we're not getting as soft of a landing that we hope for. A lot of people are stating still that like, look, this is to be expected. We are going to see some form of unemployment, some form of layoffs. I think this could all be natural. We're just going to have to take the wait and see approach because you can't read into companies. Are they going to start laying off a bunch of people or not? Um, the economic conditions and the health of their balance sheets and um, you know financials are really going to be the determining factor in something like that. But we're going to keep a close eye on it because a ton of companies are laying people off. Snapchat closing down 53 percent the other day this was tuesday may 24th um i'm not gonna lie to you this is just something that i've don't really care about um snapchat is a fantastic app i use the app keep up to date with some of my friends snapchat back and forth with my girlfriend post stuff to my story right um but in terms of a financial investment and a company that is looking to be a big player in the online advertising space Snapchat is not it. I'm going to be very blunt. Snapchat is not a good advertiser. I did just get a tweet from someone who I tweeted about this topic. They mentioned that 99% of the revenue from Snapchat is ad-driven. Don't quote on if that is accurate or not. That's just something I heard off of Twitter. Either way, I don't know where Snapchat would be making their money from. I mean, they released a drone and some goggles at some point. Um, Where do we think that Snapchat's making money out of thin air from? No, they're selling ads to advertisers. And quite frankly, it is not a good space to advertise in. I can tell you as a user of the product, I have never consumed an advertisement on that app ever. The five seconds goes by, and I promise you, I'm not looking at the advertisement while it's on my phone screen. And then I tap the app, and I pass through the ad, or I pass through the advertisement. There is zero reason, zero incentive, and zero way I will ever watch an advertisement on Snapchat. Nor will I just click through forever and ever and ever and ever. I've never went back to look at an ad. I've never stopped to look at an ad. I don't even understand how companies are making any money advertising on Snapchat. I just don't see it. Now. With that being said, 
their virtual reality and augmented reality and filters have been improving drastically. There is a massive opportunity for them to do something in this space. It just doesn't align with advertising and social media. And that is the issue that I see with Snapchat, a fantastic product for people to communicate with. But ultimately, there just isn't any reason for companies to flock to Snapchat to advertise, nor does their virtual reality or augmented reality business coincide with being a social media platform. And they're not a social media platform. They are not Facebook. They're not Instagram. They're not Twitter. They're not YouTube. They're not TikTok even. They are not a platform. They are a text messaging app. People use the chat feature on there to text, and they use the picture thing on there to Snapchat back and forth with their friends and essentially just send a text message with a picture. That's it. That is all Snapchat is. I have zero clue long-term. I would not be an investor in this business now. I was never a direct investor in this business ever. Um, I just don't quite see where this business is going to go long-term. And for that reason, this doesn't shock me. I don't know how it would ever keep pace with Pinterest. I mean, any of the stocks that are up here that are mentioned, I don't know how it would keep pace with. I don't understand how it would keep pace with even Facebook. I would rather invest in Facebook and Meta than than Snapchat personally. And even if it is included in some of um, my different indices and stuff like that, I have no I have no issue indirectly investing in Snapchat. Like I said, I think it's a fantastic platform with a bright future in VR and AR. I just never see it being a massive advertiser ever. Now, company that is trying to attract advertisers and can do so successfully is the NFL. They have renewed their sponsorship deal with Pepsi, but Pepsi will no longer be the official sponsor of the halftime show. And they are seeking up to $50 million for the rights to be the essential sponsor, the official sponsor of the halftime show. Um, I think this is a good thing for both parties. Pepsi is moving on from a massive, massive ad spend that they had, keeping the Super Bowl as one of their things. Gatorade is rolling out some new products. That's going to be probably more of their push with the NFL. They still have licensing rights to serve drinks at different places and different things regarding um, the NFL, which is really where the moneymaker is. I know that throwing around the name Pepsi for the halftime show um, is fantastic, but honestly, I don't know how much money they're going to bring in just from it being Pepsi. I think everybody knows who Pepsi is. Um, Pepsi isn't trying to like uncover anything big. I don't know if this was their their ploy to maybe stay relevant, to try and gain some market share on Coca-Cola, uh, but I think it's a good thing that they're not having to pay this um, this massive fee to be the sponsor. I'm sure that their advertising cost, marketing cost, is going to go down substantially because of this. Or maybe they'll keep it the same and they'll advertise in some different ways, maybe get on television more um, or some other things. So it's going to keep, as they mentioned here, it's high visibility through Gatorade. They're still going to be able to serve. It says that uh, they renewed their four-year or four-decade-long partnership with the NFL um, with rights for Frito-Lay and Tostitos now. So they're going to be perfectly, perfectly fine. I think they're well-placed with a good relationship with the NFL. I think the NFL makes out, it can bring in a new name, it can help boost a new name, and it can make some more money along the way. Bank of America CEO said that the U.S. consumer is not slowing. They, They say nothing. 
will slow the U.S. consumer, actually. He actually says that customer checking and saving accounts are larger than before the pandemic, people paying or spending 10% more so far in May than last year. Now, clearly they're spending more because of inflation, but he says that they are in good shape and actually not over leveraged. Um, he doesn't see anything slowing them down. Now, when does this narrative change is my question. I think because at some point it has to. We see rates going up for different things. People that have variable rates on anything right now are going to be hammered a little bit more. Inflation is still on the rise or at least is still prevalent, meaning that people are paying more at the pump, paying more um, at the cash register, paying more just about everywhere. So at some point, I feel as if the consumer is going to have to slow unless wages can continue to keep up. Now, this could be something that we don't actually feel the impact of. Maybe it's not necessarily um, a slow, but no longer arise, maybe more like just staying the same, being a little bit stagnant? Um, or do we just kind of pass along it? Do, do we nev- Do they never slow? At least not now. Maybe we, we get impacted um, sometime in the future, and, and maybe we do see the slowing, but we're already past the worst of it, at least in terms of stock market effect. I'm not too sure. I think this is a good thing for now. This is a bullish thing for now. Um, But it's something that you have to keep an eye on because it's going to unfold relatively quickly. At some point, it's just going to be a switch. People cannot continue to spend money that they aren't bringing in. And if wages aren't going up, money's going to kind of run out at some point. I think if we get a at least on paper, a recession sometime where we see the two quarters align back to back in terms of forming a technical recession, which is two uh, downtrends or, or percentage lowers in GDP two quarters in a row. We've already seen Q1 that happen. If that happens, Q2 and the average Joe news, I'm not saying that is a bad way, but like channel 247 start pumping out, we're in a recession, how to save money content. Um, I, I think then we'll see some form of, of of slowing because not everybody's reading CNBC or Yahoo Finance or Bloomberg every single day like I am. No one, uh, not everyone has their, their finger on the pulse of the financial world really trying to pay attention um, so if average news, um, average Facebook articles start saying we're in a recession, um, then I can definitely see something like the slowing of the U.S. consumer happen. Next up, uh, we have Broadcom announcing another deal to purchase another company. I'm going to be quite frank with you. I did not know too, too much about this company. I did know that they were a massive player in the chip space. I did know, or the semiconductor space rather. Um, I did know that they existed. They are a top holding in SCHD, one of my purchases, but that's part of the reason I use an, an, an ETF is so that I don't have to have direct knowledge of every single company that I'm going to be benefiting from in terms of a dividend or in terms of diversification. But uh, they did go ahead and make an acquisition of VMware for $61 billion coming in at one of the largest deals um, in the technology space, uh, just behind the pending $69 billion deal of Microsoft to purchase Activision, and then a $67 billion purchase of EMC from Dell. Um, back in 2016. Now, this company, um, I watched this quick little video here. Essentially, they have been just purchasing and purchasing and purchasing to keep forcing growth. It says here that Broadcom is the most acquisitive semiconductor company and has strategically used a merger to grow in recent years, previously purchasing CA Technologies and Symantec. 
Don't yell at me if I butchered those names. However, they've also attempted to purchase Qualcomm, which I know is a much larger company, for $117 billion um, before President Donald Trump, at least at the time, said, yeah, we're not going to do that. So um, this is pretty big news in terms of the tech space. They did say that they continue to um, push their dividend. They're going to continue to pay that dividend apparently the way they've they've been paying it. I wasn't familiar with it beforehand. um, Is 50% of the prior year's free cash flow. Um, That's something that they are paying back to consumers or to investors rather. And so investors are going to continue to purchase this company. The company is up on the news. The company was way up on the news initially. they just don't care. As long as they're dedicated to that dividend, they're going to keep paying that dividend. They can just keep assuming more growth as a company by eating up and buying up more companies. They said that the reason they may have done this was to diversify away from the core business of designing and selling semiconductors, kind of merge into enterprise software, which can have better margins for the company. So if they have better margins, they can pay more cash out to investors. Investors are not going to care. The last thing I wanted to touch on very, very, very briefly is John Deere. I spent a couple of hours today watching this analyst day. I just think that the news surrounding John Deere, the future surrounding John Deere, the way in which they're going about capturing growth in the future is extremely interesting. I'm going to have a full-blown video coming out just on how John Deere is essentially the Tesla of the agriculture world. It's going to be an extremely interesting video, one where I'm going to dive way into the future of John Deere. So stay tuned for that. But there's a ton of exciting stuff coming down the pipeline for this company. One of the companies I cover or invest in pretty heavily within the dividend journey. Um, So I'm very excited to kind of... uh, Bring some news surrounding this company, hopefully in the near future, but also stay tuned for that full-blown video. Hopefully afterwards, I'll link it in the description or up in a card, Um, but either way, I'm going to link right now. Go ahead, check out the dividend journey. All those videos will be linked up above. So thank you all for watching. Thank you all for joining me on This Week in Finance. If you enjoyed this episode, if you liked the news, if you want to see more like this, go ahead and smash that like button. Subscribe down below so you can be always up to date on all the stuff that I find interesting every single week in finance. And also hit the bell. That way you're notified when I do post one of these videos or any of the other videos here on this channel. Thank you so much for watching. I hope that you have a fantastic day, evening, morning, weekend, whatever it may be. And I will see you all in the next one. Take care.